What's up, everybody, and thanks for tuning back into the TWC Stay Hated podcast. On this episode, I am joined by Amber Alice. She is a multiply powerlifter, a raw powerlifter. Uh, I believe she's done some strong woman stuff and some uh, Highland Game stuff, as well as figure skating and roller derby. So we talk about training. Lots of training stuff. This is a very powerlifting forward podcast and, uh, you know, uh, what she thinks of the state of powerlifting with females and what's happened recently and what's caused this like explosion of huge squats. Uh, We go into, you know, training partners and the importance of that and what makes a good training partner and all that stuff. Really fun episode. I had a really good time. Um, I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, not much else to announce. So here is episode 16, maybe 17, not 100% sure, uh, of the TWC Stay Handed podcast. Enjoy it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the TWC Stay Hated Podcast. On this episode, uh, I have my friend Amber Alice, uh, powerlifter, strong woman, hay bale throwing maniac um, on the show. We're going to talk about training and a bunch of other shit. So how are you doing today, Amber? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me on. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm like, I get super stoked on like female strength athletes. I think it's super badass. I like, I coached, uh, female, uh, women's hockey for like 10 fucking years. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that like, cause of my, I played hockey and my sister started Mm -hmm. playing and then like be through that or whatever. I coached women's hockey from like, for basically like 10 years, eight, 10 years. So like, I've always been like, yo, female athletes are sick. They're super fun to coach because they're super dedicated and like very receptive to coaching. So um, how long have you been like lifting weights? Um, Competitively since about, I think 2016 was when I did my first competition, started training in 2015. And then before that, it was just like always lifting for whatever sport that I was doing. Okay. So you came from like, what did you play for? So I guess let's back up. So what did you play for sports like in high school or college or whatever else? Um, Growing up, I did figure skating and then some track and field. And then I got into roller derby, which is why I got super excited when you were talking about uh, hockey because we talk a lot about skating stuff. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then that was pretty much it before I started powerlifting. Okay. So let's Talk about the roller derby stuff. How long did you do that for? Hell yeah. Um, I did derby from, I think it was, you did about like five years. And this was when I was in like New Mexico. And uh, yeah, I think it was five years out there. Damn. So, okay. So like that, I don't know anything about that sport other than what I've seen in like, like uh, movie portrayals. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like super violent and crazy. So like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's the, like, what's this? St- like, it looks wild. So like, uh, if someone had never seen it before, like, what is it? And like, 
and why? <laughs> yeah. So like it has some really interesting roots. Um, if you've seen it on TV, they have like this kind of WWE wrestling type of vibes to it where like uh-huh. fight fights are scripted and all kinds of that stuff. And there's like enemies and nemeses on each team, which is really fun. Um, but it's evolved into more of like a uh, like athletic sport and not so much entertainment now. And the premise behind it is it's just two teams and there's one girl on each team trying to fight their way through this giant group of girls to get points by passing people and knocking knocking people down. <laughs> yeah. And they can. Yeah. So they can like physically drop mm-hmm. you. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you did that for five years. Is were you Was it like. Were you like real competitive with it? Was it like were you in like a big league and all that um, stuff or like how serious was it? It, it started off as just like rec league for fun. And then I moved into a bigger team into West Texas. And that's when I started doing like tournaments and like actually got into the like world federation and like was uh, like a little more, um, I don't know, like well known in terms of sure. like how things were run and rule books and stuff like that. So the last year or two that I did it, it was a little more official and then coming into it, it was like rec league kind of barnyard, backyard, fun stuff. Is there like uh, footage of this? Like, do you have like <laughs> f- like tapes of you like dropping bitches or what? I think so. I know I have photos deep in the depths of Facebook somewhere, but yeah. I, I can try and dig some up. That would be sick. Yeah, I. that is like, uh, it looks like maniacal because it looks like it's just like a cement floor and oh, people yeah. just, anytime, anytime I've seen like clips of it, did you see like crazy injuries and shit like that? Oh yeah. All the time. And like with ice skating or skating on ice, when you fall, like you, you slide a little bit, there's a little give, but when you fall on freaking concrete, like you're just splat right there. <laughs> you're not moving. Yeah. You, st- you stop immediately. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, a lot of, a lot of rink rash going on. Did you, uh, so when you were doing that, were you also figure skating or did the figure skating like lead into that? Yeah. The figure skating led into it. I did that as like a kid and I was like, well, this is fun. And then I got too big. And then my coach was like, no, she's too big. Get rid of her. (laughs) (laughs) So I had like old Russian coaches and that was fun, (laughs) but I was like, okay, I'm done with this. Were you competitive with that too? Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So like you played a couple sports and you were pretty serious about roller derby and all that. And then you got into lifting weight. Like, so were you were training when you were still doing roller derby stuff? Yeah. So a couple of my friends, teammates, we were like, we need to get stronger. So like, what's, what's the best way to push people around and get stronger at doing it? So like, let's start training. And we just kind of like got into it with like some five by five stuff, just throw work or whatever. And then I really got into it and really started to like all the barbell stuff. So then it just kind of morphed into, I want to do this more. I want to do this more. And then I moved to Ohio and found my gym out there in Dayton. And then that's pretty much where it all all starts. If you're you're lifting weights and you move to Ohio, like that is going to become your sport. Exactly. Because it's just like so much, it's so big out here in comparison to like, I think people in Ohio, because we've been out here for like four years and I think people in Ohio don't like understand how, how good they have it when it comes to that stuff. Oh like, yeah. It's so accessible here that like, I mean, when, when I left New Hampshire, there were maybe, there were less than 10 monoliths in the entire state. Oh geez. You know what I mean? And then yep. you come out here and it's like, there's, 
there's four monoliths in a 10 mile radius. Yeah. The, the monolith ratio in Ohio is ridiculous compared to the it's rest out, of the yeah, world. It's, yeah. It's crazy. So like, I think that, yeah, a lot of people, when they, they come out here, if they're lifting they're you're going to get put into a meet at some point, someone's going to be like, no, you really need to fucking actually compete or whatever. So yeah, for what sure. made you, what'd you do for like your first, uh, like your first meet? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like what did you, so I'm assuming you did your first meet raw. Yep. It was raw. It was a, a USPA meet at the dirty gym and it was so much fun. <laughs> what did you, what did you, what were your numbers? Oh, geez. Um, I think I squatted like 270 something or 268. I think I benched 140 something. And then my deadlift, I was like, I, that one I remembered because I was really excited about it. I think it was 374. And then you just did, so that was your first raw meet. You just did mm-hmm. a raw meet like right before WPO. What did you, yeah. what were your meet numbers there? Um, 475 squat, 272 bench, I think. And then uh 501 deadlift. Was that wraps or sleeves? I, I did compete in wraps. So it was classic raw. That's still so sick that you walked that out. Oh yeah, like a high force squat. That's bad. Freaking forget, forgot all about walking stuff out before. <laughs> I think everybody is starting to realize that right now with like everything that's going on. Oh People yeah, have, like racks at their house. They're like, this is I, sucks. <laughs> yeah, this is terrible. Yeah, it puts things into perspective. I mean, like uh, when I first started training stuff, it was all walk. Like, I mean, I was just in a regular gym, mm-hmm. so I didn't. Re- you don't really know any better. And then as soon, <laughs> once you like use a mono for a while to go back to walking out, like this is actual bullshit like i I think like putting it back into the racks is scarier than anything else oh yeah for sure Uh, so uh you did that raw meat did you compete raw for a while or did you like Mm. were you like fuck this put the gear on me or like how did that (laughs) like like how how many meats did you do like before you were like all right i want to put on the suits and all that oh man uh i mean i was raw for maybe like three or four years before i even touched any gear Oh, no shit. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, my training partner, Casey Strope and I, we just uh, jumped in it together. She had been doing it a little longer than me and her and I was like, hey, I'm kind of interested in this. Can you teach me how to do it? Do you want a training partner? And then it was, I've been in gear for two years now. And what are your, uh, what are your best, like what's your, what are your best individual lifts for, Um, uh, for multiply? I remember I'm so bad with my own numbers. I should be better. Um, I know my squat for sure was 750, um, 330 bench, and then 535 dead. Yeah, you kind of like came out of it seemingly came out of nowhere. I, th- I feel like that <laughs> phrase like says that like implies that people like are lucky with their genetics or something, but it's, it, maybe I just didn't know who you were. And all of a sudden it's like, who's this chick that's like squatting close to seven? I've never fucking heard of her before. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then now it's like makes like these big jumps. Um, I was talking to Val about it. Uh, we obviously we talk about powerlifting like full time, but mm-hmm. something that's been really interesting is like a couple of years ago. I mean, even leading up to like the last, you know, maybe two years of like the pro-am um, it was all about like smaller chicks. Like it was all like, 132s, 148s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden it was like, boom, there's like five, six, seven girls who are like, yo, those girls are all going to be squatting 700 mm-hmm. real soon. Um, like I have an idea, like from the outside, from like a male perspective looking in, like I have an idea of what 
like what caused that, but what do you think, do you think there was like something that, that made that happen or, or that transition where all of a sudden there was like a huge explosion of like, like girls that were right, you know, 81, 98, 200 pounds yeah. handling these huge squats. Like, what do you think that transition was? Oh man, I don't know. Cause I, I mean, we've always been, there's always been strong chicks in the sport, but I right. think, I think, uh, what happens is there's this thing when one person does something huge and crazy, then it yes, opens yeah. up the gates for all the rest of us to be like, Oh, I could do that too. Like, let's go, like, let's yeah. try it. And then it's just like, the, it's like a, a snowball confidence type of thing with other females that I don't know if that happens with dudes. I don't have no idea, but that's at least what I feel like. Cause I think I saw, I was seeing crystal Tate just do yes. this crazy, nasty yeah. lifts. And I was like, Shit, I could do that. Like, I'm going to try that. Crystal Tate can do it. I'm going to, you know, not going to be afraid of stuff anymore, you know, just like go for it or like train for it. And like, it is possible. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. I, uh, I was actually going to say crystal, like that <laughs> yeah. was when she squatted like eight Oh five or eight, whatever it was when she came down to the, the women's pro M and like yep. was in gear for the first time down there. Like everybody saw it and was like, Holy fucking shit. Yep. Like that was crazy because it's like, Obviously, like you have like a couple women, you know, like everybody knows who Becca was. Love me some and everybody, Becca. Yeah, of course. Like <laughs> that's a badass, you know. And yeah. and of course, and of course, Laura. But a lot of people who are lifting now did not get a chance to see that in real life. Very true. And when you, you know what I mean? Like when you hear, you know, 2050 or 2060 total from a female, it's like gargantuan. Like that is like a fucking monster of a total. Massive. Uh, and then also when you hear, you know, Laura, like seven seventy five at, at one sixty five, it's like, this is fucking outrageous. Yeah. But it's like, I feel like it, I feel like a bunch of chicks went from squatting like six twenty to six fifty, And now they're all like playing with like sevens and seven fifties and like, you know, mm -hmm. touching eight hundreds and training and stuff. It's been really cool to watch from like, um, from the outside, like obviously, because of who I'm married to, like I, I get to see it firsthand. I see her right. training and, and and whatever. Um, but it it has been really cool to watch like the past couple of years because it was like, I mean, I don't know what was it like three or four years ago. If you saw a chick squat five fifty five seventy five in a meet, even in multiply, you'd be like, God damn, right. And now you know it's I mean? like, okay, cool. Everyone's playing in the sevens. And it happened so <laughs> quick too. Yes. It was like within, yeah. I, I think it really did that turning point was when Crystal came to the pro-am and like threw up an 800 something pound squat. And we were all like, all right, it's go time. And everyone right. just yeah. kind of cranked it in gear and went for it. It puts like a, it puts like a, a benchmark when you see it. It's like, yeah, it's like first person to break five minute mile, four yes. minute mile. Like it's like, and it opens up the door. Um, I know like, from on the men's side, it's like now if you are a two forty two or two seventy five or big, like you have to squat eleven hundred pounds. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it was, I mean even like two or three years ago, like when I was squatting low thousands in two forty two class, people were like, "Oh, that's a big fucking squat." And now that's like everyone's opener. Yeah. In my weight class, so it's crazy. It just yeah, all of a sudden everything just gets so big so fast because I think that like honestly, I think that the internet. Mm -hmm. has a lot to do with it too because you see the shit it's like oh okay like yeah uh i just saw them do that in training like, you had some ridiculous squat in training i think it was last year what did you you did something with like a safety squat bar to a box it was like 
high sevens or 800 or something. Yeah. And probably. <laughs> it was, it was, it was crazy. I, I remember seeing it and being like, what the fuck is going on? You know what I'm like? Holy shit. Yeah. So I think that a lot of, I mean, like if I'm sitting there and that's, you know what I mean? And saying, I'm sure a lot of women saw it and were like, holy shit. Okay. I can do that too. Yeah, and Like that type of information and videos. And like, I think, I think it's just the access that people have to these things now and to each other. Like how easy is it for me to reach out to something like to someone really that did something crazy on the internet and be like, holy crap, that was awesome. Like, Hey, how you doing? What's your training like? And like, everyone's usually really awesome about like sharing information. And I think it's just it's so much more accessible and relatable to people who are either thinking about getting into the sport or who are trying to improve in the sport who are already there up at the top. So it's, it's yeah, really cool. it's crazy how easy it is to get a hold of like, <laughs> it's so easy to get a hold of like someone who is top five, like name any other sport. You're like, Oh, I want to talk to someone who's top 10, top right. 15, even in the world. It's like get in fucking line. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Or, or like, you're going to have to pay this amount of money. Um, and then, but it's like, like you said, the accessibility of, uh, of everybody on the internet and stuff has made it really um, very easy to like get that information. I think that's really cool. Like uh, with the training stuff. So you, you train a lot yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and, and frequently. All right now. So, well, yeah. Like in, in an ideal situation. Right? Yeah. Uh, so like my, like just a personal question, like I watch your training and I, like I pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so like how, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, cause it seems like, it seems like it's like very heavy, mm-hmm. very frequent and lots of like extra workouts or fluff workouts or condition workouts and stuff. So like what, uh, like why and how, and like, how do you recover from that? Like, what's the, what do you think are like the differences with all that? Because not, I mean, n- uh, most people cannot train that way and be successful. A lot of people train that way and are not successful. Yeah. Like you've obviously done very well. So like what, what is it that helps you with all that? Um, I think so the way that Marcus sets up my training and it's, it's been really good. It's uh, I mean, it's a kind of, it's a conjugate base, uh, but it's also like there's Russian volume built in there. So it's, it's kind of like a mixture of everything, but there is still that like max effort, dynamic effort, all of like the staples of conjugate in there with just like some, I don't know, random stuff peppered in that is geared towards either that volume or percentage based stuff. But I really think that one of the biggest things that has helped me is are those like little feeder workouts that I get. So I'm only doing like heavy -er stuff like four times a week, depending Mm -hmm. on what it is. And then in between those are like your pull-ups and your push-ups and your like body weight stuff, your GPP or lots of sled dragging, like sled dragging saves my life. <laughs> um, yeah. So you think that those workouts, uh, are helping you recover, like absolutely uh, to get you ready for the, for the bigger stuff. Yeah. And, um, in terms of like how the workouts are structured, like I'm not super strict on, Oh, this day has to be this workout this next. And then, you know, two days in between, like I'll roll my workouts through the week. Like if I don't get through all of those heavy sessions in one week, the next heavy session that I'll have coming up, will go into the next week and it'll just kind of like roll over. So I give myself time in between a little extra if I need it. And that has helped quite a bit. 
Ah, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like if you're, if you, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're feeling like not recovered, you might take an extra day before you go exactly. to take, ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Or I'll yeah, that makes a lot of sense. workout in there instead. Okay. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. I used to do a lot of, uh, so that's, what's really interesting about all this too, because I used to do a lot of, uh, extra workouts and I was really big on that, like big on sled drags mm-hmm. and like band work and all that stuff. Uh, and when I stopped doing it, I started feeling better, but I was dealing with a lot of injuries too. Well, not a lot of injuries, but like two or three that were like nagging, like never ending injuries. Yeah. So like for me, it was smarter to, to back off, but you seem to not have to do that. Uh, and like throw in like, uh, random Highland games training and stuff. Oh yeah. So I think that does so, help too. Cause I do shift really? gears quite a bit to like different movements. Like I'll do Olympic weightlifting every so often. So it's not necessarily all squat bench deadlift heavy. It's like any variation that I can get my hands on to, you know, it, it's helped a lot with like proprioception and how I understand how my body moves. So. Yeah. It seems like, um, like when I, from the outside looking in at your training and like most of the people that come out of dirty gym, honestly, uh, it seems like, um, like athletic training with a focus on strength. You know what exactly. I'm saying? It's like, you guys are being like, you could be athletes and move. Yeah. Um, because honestly, like with most of like most of the people that I work with, they're like very like powerlifting focused. Yeah. That's what they want to do. Um, and if they go start doing like jogging or running or like something that's more along that lines uh they start having like a harder time because they're not used to that yeah um most people i say not to try and ride two horses with one ass because it's (laughs) hard to be successful but it seems like you've kind of like figured out the balance there yeah Um, I, i don't know if i figured out a balance but it was enough like i think it comes down to the timing of things like if the timing makes sense to try something different um then it does work out. But like, I would never do like a Highland games thing. If I was like prepping for the WPO those weeks, like leading out, you know, sure. So it's like that trying to, trying to find a sweet spot, but then, you know, Marcus and the dirty gym guys have been really good with like, like if you think about the base, the triangle, like the bottom is your GPP, like general athleticism and then building us up to that powerlifting specialization so we're we always come back down to that base after every competition no matter what it is that we do we come back down to the base and then we work on that general athleticism and that's yeah and then it kind of gets injuries sure yeah i was gonna actually ask that too with like everything that you've you've done it seems like uh you'd have a like a significant amount of wear and tear on your body um between like roller derby raw lifting you know all that stuff. Do you deal like, do you deal with injuries or are you generally healthy? Have you gotten like fucked up doing any of those other, like, I, I'm just always so nervous that like, you know, I'll see like, you know, if you post a story or something of you at like a skate park on your roller skates and I'm like, <laughs> I skated for, I like, I skateboarded forever for yeah. like my whole fucking life. And like last week I was like, all right, I'm fucking bored. I have a skateboard nice. in my car. I haven't stepped on one in, I don't know, dude, five years plus. And probably 60 pounds ago. And I got on oh, and it yeah. was the scariest. It was the scariest thing. I was like, nah, fuck this. I did it for like five minutes and I'm like, this is scary. So like, yeah, have you is. had any situations where you've like done the dumb thing oh, and like gotten sure. hurt? 
For sure. I do a lot of dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just strapping some skates to my feet and going to a skate park, and it's in and of itself is dumb. Um, but I love it. So I have like weird. I I haven't had a major injury, thank God. Um, I'm trying to not have to do that and to keep myself as safe as possible. But um, I'm fortunate enough to not have had gone through any of that stuff. But I'll have like. Like my back acts up. I have weird like tendonitis stuff in my biceps, like um, just joints hurting. I have really crappy ankle mobility. So ankles and feet or feet, feet, feet have always been a bad thing for me, especially through skating. So okay, like yeah. I have, have like foot, like bone issues or like feeling through my feet from skating. Um, sure. And then like, you haven't had like the, you haven't had like the banger injury. No, I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. That's like Knock something. I th- yeah. I think that most, well, most people, uh, in our sport now there's enough information out where like people aren't training like dumbasses and they're yeah. not like doing. So there's th- that, like the, the generation of like, fuck it. Like, Oh, you Ooh, tore yeah. your tricep off. Like, I don't fucking care. Like, bro, like that. Just get is angry kind of gone. at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like Hate gone that. now. Yeah. It's like, to me, it, like I definitely fell into that whole mindset um, earlier on in my career, but mm-hmm. like you get a little bit more into it and you're like, man, like I don't think there's any glory in getting fucking hurt, dude. No, there's <laughs> so- not at all. Like the people who have gotten hurt and who come back for it, that's like in this sport, the like most badass thing that I think you can possibly do. Like I don't, whatever your numbers are, it doesn't matter if you get through an injury and come back and continue like competing like that's yeah that's where it's at well because well, everybody can say yeah that's like and we've seen it i mean like you know two girls broke their fucking arms no. like you know there's been like some pretty i mean i don't know if you uh saw or know like danny tinangero like mm-hmm. when he fucked his knee up like there's been some pretty big injuries from like high level lifters yeah um and to watch people come back is like is sick as fuck because you really don't know what you're going to do until you're in that situation. Exactly. Like I couldn't even like try and put myself in that position. So like understand what they go through. Yeah. I mean like, uh, like same thing with like, uh, what's his name? Jim Benson. Like he, Mm -hmm. he had like a terrible fucked up fall in a squat and then tore everything in his knee, came back, squats a world record. Like you can't like, it's either like, you can't like teach someone that they're either yes. going to fucking have it or not. Exactly. Um, I've also been like pretty fortunate w- with that where like, I haven't had like the big, like catastrophic. That's good. Um, and yeah, that's far. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but it is like, I think that's something about multiply that makes it so fucking badass is like, you're, you know, you're a sneeze away from mm-hmm. like cutting your fucking head off. Yeah. The stakes the are whole, pretty high <laughs> <laughs> the whole time, you know? So like, do you, so like, obviously like you handle huge squats, like you've attempted eight in a meet and like, it looked like you just got off balance on that. Like that was there yep. that day. You smoked seven fifty. Um, when you're handling those big weights uh, for you uh, from the outside. So like as a spectator, Cause we were all at that meet you squad seven fifty, and we're all watching like, damn, this is a big fucking squat. And you're just like throwing your straps over your shoulders and like fucking whatever, rocking up to the bar. Uh, do you, like how do you prepare for that stuff mentally? Are you just like a fuck it, run it type person, or like how do you get ready to handle those big weights? Because you're you're like approaching when you're taking eight hundred as a female, like you're approaching weights that 
no one has touched before that's like that's a female so like uh how do you get your head like wrapped around that stuff or do you just say fuck it yeah i'm <laughs> i'm kind of like a fuck it let's do it live type of person i'm right if, if you've ever anyone who's ever trained with me or like because i i compete i mean yeah there is a, a switch that gets flipped when i compete and i'll you know lock it up when i need to but like i'm a huge freaking like weird ass goofball like oh, i'm just constantly making jokes and like all right let's go and like i just just go up there beeline for it like whatever i'm going to do underneath that bar like it's either there or it's not and that's what how i look at it like nothing that i do in that second aside from what my body already knows how to do is going to help me with that you know what I mean? Like I'm not going to get stronger in the 15 seconds that it takes me to get from the chair to the bar. <laughs> so sure, like just yeah. get up there and do what I know how to do and like try not to psych myself out too much for it. Because if I do yeah. that, then I'll just get in my brain and I'll be like, as soon as a pick happens. And if I think for like a split second, like, oh shit, this is heavy. Then that's like the one doubt in my mind that happens. And I'm like, oh crap, I just screwed myself over in my brain. Right. Yeah. So you're like, try to be more relaxed about it yes, in a sense. I'm just like, just go with the flow type of lifter. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get there. There's definitely <laughs> like, uh, it's tough. It, yeah. Like you can see people though, like at big meets who fuck themselves up. Oh yeah. You can like, like look in the warm up room. I get nervous yeah, too. Can... I just try really hard not to. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah. Isn't that a thing too? It's like, um, big weights are fucking scary. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, you know what I'm saying? Like big weights yeah. are, they're fucked up and they're scary. Like, you know? And so, uh, I think it's more of like, accept it for me anyway. It's like accepting the possibility yes. of it being fucked yep. <laughs> and just being like, well, it sort of is what it is, yeah. but it's like the, it's such a, um, it's such a niche sport or niche sport and, and people don't like, I feel like not enough people understand like the actual danger. I think that like, we're kind of numb to it too. Yeah. Cause it's, we're so used to seeing shit mm -hmm. that it's like, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really think anything. I don't think anything of taking, you know, five plates over my face at this point yeah. because I've done it so many times I've seen it, but like that like literally could cut your fucking head off. Yes. <laughs> and you know, so it's like, I get more nervous, uh, watching like, like clients or friends, you know, or like my wife lift because I like I'm outside and I can like actually perceive the danger. Cause I right. see it and I'm like, I know what that weight means. Mm -hmm. And I know what that weight could do to you, you know? Oh yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. I think that that's something too, that like has changed with the, the females in the sport um, or, or, or most, more so hasn't changed with the females, but the people who watch the females. Yeah. Um, it's not like, Oh, <laughs> nice job. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like this, like rah rah, like you know. It's it's more like it's very serious. Um, mm -hmm. and it seems like that switch has happened in the past. I would like two years for where people are like, yo, like you look at some of the chicks and it's like, hey man, like third flight female or like end of the second flight female squats. Like if the dudes were mixed in, there'd be some dudes mixed in there yep. with the chicks. Yeah, I remember you know. getting those flights in the the meet that I did uh, at River City, and I was like, "Holy crap!" I'm like, granted, there was raw lifters mixed in there too, but I'm like, I'm the only female in the fourth flight in the middle of it on everything. Like, this has never happened before. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's dude, that's so badass. Like, uh, like, damn, I have I to wait feel, forever. 
<laughs> yeah, it makes warm ups like yeah, yeah. It makes warm ups like. Um, but that's really cool. Like, uh, like obviously, like me and Val were talking about it again. Like with like, uh, you know, seven hundred plus pound squats and like the five hundred pound pulls, four hundred plus pound benches. Like those are all numbers that are like basically for a dude that's a one ninety eight. Mm-hmm. Those are like respectable numbers. Those are like. Yeah, you know, like you wouldn't- the um, like the the top females. Uh, yeah, there's the top females and top males in multiply, but like there are men or much more dudes in multiply than there are females. But like the middle of the road guys are like, I guess competitive with the the top females, or there are like people yes. that I mean, are crushing those numbers. Totally already, which totally. I think is really cool. Um, how do you feel about the, uh, what do you think about, obviously, you know, you had a tough day at semifinals or whatever, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) that's, Hey man, it fucking happens to everybody. It totally Um, does. Won't be the last time. Not the first. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those things. Uh, what do you think of, uh, like WPO and, and like how they've had it set up into like this sort of league format? Like, are you hyped on that? Are you not like some people really like it? Some people don't like you think it's good for the sport or whatever? Like, what are your feelings on that? Um, I'm, I think the, the way that it's structured now is pretty cool. I like that there's like, it's like a series, like yeah. you have the world series or you have stuff like that, you know, the playoffs, that, that type of thing. And there's a, like, you can track through that. And I mm-hmm. like that there's like a bracketing system and stuff like that. And I also like that they go off of coefficients. I think that's pretty cool. Um, and even though the Arnold was kind of a bummer because, you know, it kind of got shut down with all the spectators. Like it was still a really cool production, a really great stage, like very professional. Like, yeah, I was, I was pretty amped about it. And as soon as they brought it back, I I knew I was like, damn, I want to be, I want to be in the WPO. That's where I want to (laughs) lift. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely definitely like a, um, like a series is a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Or like a like a league type feel where you know that it's like, all right, if there's 30 people here, I'm gonna know that there's like 10 or 12 of those people that are just gonna be here every year. Yeah. So I'm gonna see them every time I'm here. You know what I'm saying? And then there's kind of like a, a like I don't want to say revolving door, but then like the rest is kind of like filled in with people who might come in and come out and new people mm-hmm. and and whatever. Um, you can like strategize your year too, based off of that now. So you can like really plan, whereas it was a little more like spur of the moment, like sporadic type of thing. But now there's like specific meets that you can plan for. And you can also like strategize your competition. Who's going to be, who accepted an invite? Like, let's check that out. Like I like to do that stuff just for fun, not really for anything else, but that, but like it allows for it with the structure this, that they have set up now. Yeah, I re- I really like the uh I really like that because I was explaining it to um one of my one of my clients uh actually was he actually made it to the super finals which is really fucking cool. Nice. Um this kid Joe Lindsay and he was like, you know, I think he got invited he was like 24th or 25th or something like that. Mm-hmm. He had a really good day and he was going for his third deadlift. He like I think he pulled like 630 or something like that and or 650 and he wanted to go 700 because it was easy. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, like if you miss 700, you're not going to the fucking finals. Exactly. Like, yeah. So pull 670. He pulled 670. Looked like he probably could have pulled seven, whatever. Keep it in the tank. And then he ended up getting in by like 
point one or point two. Yep. It was really close. It's um, a smart so way I, to do it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like I think that's adds another element to the mm-hmm. whole thing. Cause obviously if you like multiply, you like that there's like layers of <laughs> literal and non-literal. <laughs> yep. There's like layers to the to, to the training uh and to like how to compete and how to lift the weights. Yes. And this just adds like another layer where you're like, okay, like that dude just missed his second bench. Yep. I am only going to jump 20 pounds instead of 50 because I want to make sure, you know, and it's really like, uh, I think that combined with the fucking judging makes everyone kind of just like pull, <laughs> pull the reins back a little bit and yeah. be like, okay, like, let's, let's be a make little conservative sure. here. Right, or, or like, right. even what's the goal of this meet? Is the goal for me to make it to finals or do I just want to PR everything? And that's when, like, yes, because people, people will go into a meet. And I'm like, I just want to PR everything. I just want to go bigger, go home, leave it all on the platform. Like, uh, I mean, when I was prepping for it and my coach and I talked and he's like, okay, we just, we need a WPO total. We need to get you to the finals. Like, let's not mess around. Like you just moved. Your training hasn't been exactly the same as it was. Like there's a lot of other factors to consider. So it's cool to be able to strategize that way. But then it's like a weird mental thing too. Cause I'm like, well, I didn't PR. So did I really do okay? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's tough. I, I said to Val, I was like, I mean, like I, I've total my best total is twenty five oh two, and I was like, if I have to choose between a twenty five fifty total and a twenty four fifty total, and the twenty four fifty total gets me top three, yeah. I'm going twenty four fifty all day. Yep. Like, not it to me, it's no question because, like, I mean, like at this point, it's like, yeah, dude, like it's definitely about lifting more weights than you did last time, and and whatever, but like. I want to fucking win. Yep. There's that so, line you lost between <laughs> either winning or PRing. And like, if I'm top, like that's, that's usually what, what wins out in a scenario like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like finishing a lot. I, I had some really good advice given to me is that like money meets. And I, I best, I mean, like, even though WPO is not like sold as like a money meet, it's mm-hmm. like people treat it the same way, but like big money meets people act stupid at. So the people who end up, being really conservative going like nine for nine. I mean, like I think Danny Tinnagero's opener opening squat at super finals was like eight something like mm-hmm. mid eights. Um, and he ended up finishing top three Yeah, because he just made like smart jumps mm-hmm. with everything he did. Um, I really like that. how far that'll get you. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like with him, that was crazy too. Cause he had, it was like 18 months after a total patellar tendon rupture. God, that's so, so to like, wild. To, yeah, Amazing. to come back and like when they, well, when they added him to the roster, I remember looking at one of my training partners and being like, that's another dude that, I mean, like that just bumped everybody down mm-hmm. one, you know, because like, that's a dude who can come and basically do whatever he wants. Like if he has the day that he wants, you know? Yep. Um, so you said you had kind of switching gears. You said you had um, moved a little bit. Training hadn't been the same. Um, I know that you have like your training group that you like training with mm-hmm. or that you love training with in Dayton. That's like the homies. Yep. The um, homies. And like, obviously like training partners are super important. And I've seen like some of your stuff, not super recently, obviously, cause you, you know, people are in their fucking living room, but like <laughs> more recently you haven't been trained there and you, you, cause you were in a different spot or whatever. What, uh, what is it about training partner that you, that you might look for or what makes the fucking difference? And, do you think that it greatly affects your training to not have those people with you every day or uh, are there like negatives and positives to it? Or like, how do you deal with the, the transition of all that? 
Yeah. I mean, there's definitely negatives and positives to it. Like if I had the choice, like I would always have my crew and it would be those specific people. Cause it's those right. specific people who like the thing that makes them great is they're like, they pay attention, they're safe and they also like push you. So right. like there's a give and take, like you can't constantly be giving, giving, like if you're coaching someone or helping someone that's in your crew, like yes, that might be where they have to start out. And that's where I started out too. Like Casey took me under her wing and like taught me how to do all the shit I needed to know how to do. And like, she did that cause she had to make a training partner for herself. <laughs> right. So yeah. That's what she had to do. And now like we did that with a bunch of other girls at the gym and guys that were like, okay, you're coming in. I need you to pay attention so that I can teach you how to be a good training partner to me so that we can all get better at the same time. Yeah, like you teach them how to bring value. Yep, exactly. To the group. Yeah. There's definitely like a learning curve to that. And it's <laughs> like, uh, you know what I mean? Because there's definitely like training partners where you're like, come on, dude. Like, yep. please, please don't fucking make me unload all these weights by my fucking self right now. Like, be yeah. a good training partner. Exactly. <laughs> but, like, uh, knock it off. Like, we kick people out for that shit. And we're like, okay, that's enough. Don't come back. Like, yeah, sorry, it's yeah, not it's working out. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And it's like people will, uh, there's definitely like room for like people being a sore sport about that sort of thing, but yeah. there's nothing, there's like nothing better than having good training partners. And there's nothing worse than having shit training partners. Yes. Agreed. Cause <laughs> being, being stuck with shitty training partners is the fucking worst and can be like the yeah. most demotivating. Thing. You can't get um, anything done, especially on your own. Cause you're constantly, you're either like cleaning up or you're like trying to help someone else out and they're just not yeah. paying attention. That's like my biggest pet peeve is someone not paying attention, like not paying attention to the mono, not like filling in bare spots when someone needs like weights reloaded or a spot yeah. or side. I'm like, you just pay attention, like see what needs to be done and go like, it's like playing freaking zone and basketball. It's really cool. Once like you have a, a mono and like a good squat session and everyone's just like filling in the gaps where they need to be and you get done in like 20 minutes. Yes, dude. That's like, it's that's such best. a perfect way to say, it. yeah, that's such a perfect way to say it. Like filling in the gaps because mm -hmm. it's like on like a, you know, we speed squat on Friday nights and it's like when you have a Friday night that it's like all of a sudden you're done squatting because it's like, someone just like everybody just kind of like you said filled in the gaps like one person was like switching box heights one person's mm -hmm. loading the left side one person's loading the right side someone's running the mono someone's running the other side of the mono with the heights and it's just like yeah. when that happens that like flow state is the like sickest harmony <laughs> yes that's like so good and like you know those are the sessions where like because those sessions don't happen if someone's having a bad day yep <laughs> it doesn't ha it doesn't have like those sessions like that yeah like that feeling doesn't happen if someone's having like a shit day where they're like you're just not performing well mm -hmm. so it's like when you hit that flow state with four or five people that's like that is as fun as competing i agree to me. totally you agree. because then you're um, watching people hit stuff and like look nice and then everyone's just like feeding off of each other's energy hyped. and it's just it's the best it's my favorite yeah i think that like uh <clears throat> this like with everything that's going on uh i think that we a lot of a lot of us i can only speak for me but it's made me really really appreciate being able to train mm -hmm. and i always i'm i'm always the guy who's like let's fucking train like i'm i'm yep, that dude same. <laughs> um uh but like this has made 
even more so where you like think about it and you're like, man, that was that, there was that fucking Monday where I didn't feel like going in and I had a bad attitude Yep. and I would give anything for an opportunity to go in and have yeah. a good attitude right now. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. I think that that, I it for granted. Yeah, it back. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like time travel. I actually, uh, yeah, I started like writing down shit that I'm grateful for, for, for that reason where it's like, I love that. um, yeah, it's, it's like, I had a, I had a conversation with, uh, like a really good friend of mine and I, I didn't have a good day at semifinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I had a bad day and, uh, I was super bummed on it cause I had had a pretty good training cycle and my, my, my friend was basically like, yeah, dude, like you think you feel like shit now, like wait till the morning you wake up and you realize you can't fucking train how you want to. Yep. And I was like, okay, like it's time to be grateful yes. <laughs> like Let's for live, the opportunity. live in the moment and just like take advantage of what you can while you can. That's where I'm at. Yeah, too. for sure. Um, so what are the goals now? You don't have to get super, sp- I know some people don't like sharing like, specific goals but like what what are you looking forward to doing like um with strength sports in the future are you trying to requalify for semis are you going to mm-hmm. do another raw meet like are you going to do highland games like what are your goals right now yeah i'm i'm always open to share that stuff it's no secret for me uh sure i uh what the next meet that i want to do is the pro am i freaking love the pro am that's my favorite meet that i've ever done and i will always want to do the pro am Hell yeah. Um, so especially now that it's in December, but I would love to, I mean, we're going to come back. I want to try again and like get into semis. You qualify at the pro-am for semis and then just like, and yeah, I need a redemption. I don't, I, I think you and I talked about this crazy shit that I wanted to do while I was at uh, the Arnold. <laughs> yeah. You maniac. Yeah. <laughs> share, share that with the world. What the idea that you had. Oh my God. I'm just an <laughs> impulsive psychopath. I'm like, do not do a meet tomorrow. Like what? You- <laughs> yeah. I was, like, what I was so like, butthurt about bombing out at the semis. And I was like, I went up to to Dan at Lexin. Uh, he's the guy that runs the XPC finals, which were the next two days. And I was like, I'm going to go do XPC finals and I'm going to get a total that I wanted. <laughs> and I was just like all amped and jacked up. And like, I, I came here for a total. I traveled all the way from DC, like I trained and like went through all this shit. And then after I like came off of that, like amped feeling and adrenaline of being like sad and upset for bombing out, I was like, I talked to my coach and then like a couple other people. I was like, yeah, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> Let's not do that. Not, Amber. <laughs> not a great idea. No. I mean, I've, I, you've heard the story, like Matt Maneuth doing like two meets, two days in a row and yep. winning both of them and stuff like that. And it's like, I did think of that. And I was like, it can, it's been done before. <laughs> I could do it. Yeah. 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 If he can do it, I could fucking yeah, do it. But why? Uh, What's the yeah. point of that? What good is that going to do me other than probably get me hurt? <laughs> Right. Yeah. Or like, it's like, you know, if you go and what if you went nine for nine and had a great, and had a great meet and then you'd have to do it again to requalify. Like the long term (laughs) goal is to continue on this track. Like XPC is not going to get me there just because it's, that's the way that it works with the Federation. So yeah. Um, Are you looking to do, (laughs) are you, are you looking to do like any strongman type stuff or, or uh, Highland game stuff? in the meantime, or is that stuff just things that you do like on impulse, like on a whim? Yeah. That's, when you feel like that's usually cause like 
getting the implements for those things is I'm out in DC by myself. Um, sure. Um, and like, I have a, a group that I train with out here, which is really awesome to have. Um, not right now, obviously. And I just kind of put together my little home gym, but, uh, finding implements like weight for distance and like stuff to throw things over bars is really hard to do unless I find like a group of Highland games athletes out here. But if right, it's available, yeah, big I'll truck. jump in there. Yeah, exactly. Or like a field. Like DC's not sure. really known for all of its wide open spaces. So right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I so haven't tried to look really hard either. So sure. Well, that's rad. Uh, hopefully, in one of these meets, you know, you get that eight hundred pound monkey off your back. Real I know quick. that's that'll that's definitely the goal. be there. I would, I would I love assume. that. I need to figure out this freaking bench. Yeah, shirt, I, just, though. I think that there's gonna. <laughs> I, hey man, th- again, get in line. I I'm trying to figure it out too. It's <laughs> no, like, uh, cause your, your raw bench is, yeah. Like your, your raw bench is good. I, I I'm the same way. Like I have a real good raw bench mm-hmm. and then, uh, I get in a shirt and it's like off a two board, really good off yeah. of one board, pretty, pretty fucking good. And then go to mm-hmm. touch and it's like, yeah, not exactly. so good. Um, I think a lot of it dude is just like. It, like something will happen where it clicks. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And I, I'm, I'm waiting for that. It's it's happening like a little bit here and there. Oh, that's good. It'll happen. It'll, it'll happen for you. It's just like, I think sometimes it's like you have to go through like a bunch of different shirts too. Yep. To like get to the out. one. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, something Hoff said to me, he's like, man, if your raw bench is going up and er- you keep PRing your raw variations mm-hmm. and you're not going up in your shirt, it's probably the shirt. Yeah, that's and really as good stupid advice. as that sounds. You know what I mean? Like it's like if you're stronger in every off of every board raw, mm-hmm. then why wouldn't you be stronger in a shirt? So yeah, that makes a um, ton of sense. So all right, so we're closing in on an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure if you have listened to much of the podcast before, but I do this thing at the end where I love this part. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so for anybody who's listening for the first time, uh, motherfuckers love saying that the internet is a negative place and it can be, but it's, you have the option to look at cool shit or look at negative shit. So I do a thing at the end of the podcast where the coolest thing you've seen, seen on the internet this week. And, uh, I don't know. I just like to, cause it's like, if all you're seeing is ugly, nasty shit that makes you sad and pissed on the internet, then fucking follow cooler shit. You have the option. So I'll go first and, and then I'll, and then I'll let you go. Um, so, my, I saw it like right before we started uh, a friend of mine shared this thing. It was like one of the, and I don't even know if it, like you see these things, you don't even know if it's like a real story or not, but it's like cool either way you think about it. Cause mm-hmm. it could be real. So uh, this dude, it was like in Italy. So they're all like locked down there in their um, apartments or whatever. And this dude knew that his upstairs neighbor was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And so the neighbor had uh leaned upwards and was feeding the dog <gasps> um like oh holding God. a or it was in it was in spain rather um he was he was like standing on his balcony like raising a bowl up to this dog and the dog was leaning his head over to like eat or drink out of this bowl and just said like that this dude did this daily to feed his neighbor's dog because his neighbor wasn't there oh my and i was God. like yo humans are tight Knock it like, off. You're going to make like, me cry on a freaking was, podcast. Come on. I was like, that's fucking Big sweet. Old it's baby. Like this, <laughs> I thought it was really, I thought it was really fucking cool. I and, love that. Uh, yeah. It was like this little, like 
beagle hound looking oh. dog and this dude's like holding this water jug up so i thought that that was really neat amongst the much bullshit that's out there so oh yeah what it's, about you what have you seen that's sweet it's rough out there in internet land right now <laughs> current currently yeah. yeah yeah and it's like I'm i'm a huge proponent of curating your own feed and muting people that you don't want to see and like just yes the stuff. mute button the mute button that's is clutch. beautiful that is beautiful um, so what have you seen that's cool? What's um, the coolest thing you've seen on the internet this week? This week. Okay. I was trying to think of how I was going to answer this, but I, there were a couple things I had in mind. Anthony, have you watched Tiger King yet? Yes. Oh my God. Okay. I thought it was, I thought it was, uh, dude, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the best of the, I thought the best part was when you're like, man, these are just like some hillbillies, man. That's why they got no teeth. And all of a sudden they're like meth. And then it just like, oh, a lot of this makes more sense oh, now. Oh, I like, get like, it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so there was, <laughs> I mean, if you guys haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it or anything, but there's one character who just like seemed like a good guy, and he was Joe Exotic's campaign manager. And he was, oh, yeah, yeah. he just like wanted to help and he wanted, he's like, this is my dream job. I'm so excited. And he just had everyone's best interests at heart and just seemed really sweet and like naive. And he saw something really traumatic during the Cra- series. Craziest, craziest part of the whole thing. Yeah. yeah and I don't, I don't want to do like a spoiler or anything, but he saw something really, sure. really traumatic that would cause anyone to just like have some sort of crazy, like mental state, like anything. And yeah. afterwards, the, earlier, or no, I think earlier today I was scrolling through and I saw, um, someone had started like a GoFundMe for that guy so that he can go and like finally get therapy after the shit that he saw. Cause he hasn't been able to, and he's like, like needs some sort of help to like process through all of those things that he had to go through during that time that he was with them. And I was Fuck like, that's yeah. a really cool. Like I'm a huge, like mental health proponent type of thing. Like people sure. dealing with trauma, like, um, all kinds of different victims of trauma, like PTSD, that type of stuff. So when I saw that, I was like, there's a good silver lining that came out of that, like humanity, people trying to help someone out and like get them back on the right track, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, that's so sick. That's like uh, like human, uh, like regaining your your faith in humanity yeah. type shit. It's like some decency um, out there. It's there. It's crazy because, yeah, you don't have to even really look that hard for it. No. I don't think. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I thought that that's really fucking neat because that dude does look like kind of like a like a sad case a little. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he was like he just seemed like a good dude. So, yeah. um, sick. Well, all right. So, do you want to give out your uh, social media stuff? Oh, do you want to follow you? Yeah, sure. Um, I really only mess around with Instagram, so it's at Amber under. It's either underscore dot. I don't remember. Alice. Um, I think there's two R's in Amber. And it's just, very, a, it's a bunch helpful. of, bunch of fart jokes and lifting. That's pretty much it. <laughs> um, rad. So, Hey, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank this was you. fun. I, I think you will really enjoy this. Um, everybody who's <laughs> listening, uh, my social stuff is Anthony CW one three. And then, uh, the trigger warning Instagram is trigger underscore warning underscore conjugate for all of your meathead and apparel and conjugate needs um that's all i got for today thanks again amber thank you everybody for listening and as always stay hated motherfuckers